Welcome to Chat About, sponsored today by Beltrami Electric Cooperative, Bemidji Chrysler Center, and Higgins Heating, Air Conditioning, and Refrigeration. I'm Kev Jackson. My guest today is Justin Sherwood, the Bemidji Fire Department Chief. We'll find out everything going on in the department on Chat About. Justin, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Kev. Well, uh, one of the things we were discussing before we even went on the air is the importance of staffing and something you've been working hard on. And mm-hmm. uh, it looks like we finally uh, got a little movement in that department. Yeah, we're after almost three years in the office um, with the assistant of our deputy chief, Mike Ivaro. Um, we feel like we're starting to slowly creep forward in having that hard discussion of adding more career staff. Um, city budget. Uh, has pre- uh, preliminarily approved the addition of two career, t- career staff. Um, and that's a move that hasn't happened in 20 years, since 2004. Um, I am the last full-time firefighter to be added to the, to the roster, if you will. And here I am at the top advocating for more. Um, and, and it's huge, a uh, number of reasons for it. Well, you know, I've talked many times on this program um, and out in the public about how volunteerism um, on the paid-on-call firefighter side, has been very, very tough. And, you know, departments now, with the increased demand on our service, we have to make some hard decisions. And with hard decisions come some financial burden. Um, and, but we have to do what's best for our members' safety and to provide the, the highest level of service that our community provides, and that's by adding career staff. So, yeah, we're very, very excited for it, um, and we hope to start that hiring process in, in January 1. Okay, so how many... Staff, full-time staff, would you have at that point? So with the addition of two line staff, uh, that would bring um, our number actually to 11, uh, and that includes the, the chief and I. Um, our goal in, is to meet um, and or exceed NFPA standards, and we follow the NFPA 1720 standard, and I don't expect anyone to know that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that helps us to determine our response model um, and staffing. And so long-term, uh, I hope to put four firefighters on a shift um, but with the addition of two firefighters, um, that will give me um, four shifts a week with three firefighters on it. So to get ultimately to get to my full-time um, number of having three or four, I would have to hire uh, seven. Okay. But. And, and when you say you were the last full-time hired, you mean as an expansion, as an expansion of the total number? You. Yeah. Yeah. So up, into, up until 2004, uh, Bemidji Fire Department had five career firefighters. Um, and that include, uh, in addition, then they had one full-time fire captain, the title was. In 2004, uh, the captain's position was promoted to a chief's position, and they added um, two more line staff. And so, yep, then we came to the number of seven. So okay. right now, our, our staffing level is, or scheduled, we have two firefighters per day, um, but I can only guarantee the Bemidji area one firefighter per day. Okay. Due to time off, requests, sick leave, and then family stuff. Yeah, and you were even mentioning today you got a bunch of calls and, <laughs> and, and you couldn't respond to all of them. Right. Um, and, you know, the listening public, you you saw the lights and sirens this morning down around uh, Bemidji Middle School Drive. Um, we had multiple calls going at the same time. We had a water flow sprinkler activation in an apartment building, and then we also had a motor vehicle accident on the other side of town, and we didn't have the staff to cover it. Um, and so as chiefs, um, we were forced to respond to those types of calls, which isn't normal, but not uncommon, but not normal. Um, and so, yeah, we had to reach out to our paid on call staff to cover the stations to respond to those calls. And so okay. something's got to give, Kev. Yeah. And, you know, um, a lot of people don't understand that you are not just going to fires. No. 
Um, yeah, I think that's a great point in an education, something that we can always do or do better in educating is our public. Bemidji Fire is on pace to break over 1,300 calls, emergency calls per year. Does that sound a lot? Mm, maybe not. Uh, but for us, that's that's an exceptional amount. It's a, you know another 13 to 15% increase in emergency calls from last year and, you know, and so on and so forth. But we also run to non, or we also go to emergency medicals within the city, um, motor vehicle accidents within our 522 square mile area. But we're also an all hazards department. So when we talk about all hazards, um, we're talking about rope rescue, water rescue, um, confined space, trench rescue. Um, you know, think of it in your mind and Bemidji fires go into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so those are just all the services that we provide in a reactive state. Um, we want to be proactive. Let's do something and plan ahead of time. Um, and so in addition, we're very much trying to increase our public education platform, our uh, enforcement, our code enforcement and fire prevention bureau. Um, you know, and so there's so much to, to add. There's so much, I, I really feel like we're not giving uh, or providing a complete service that our community to, um, requests because we are growing. And why shouldn't the fire department grow with it? Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, paid on-call staff, you mentioned. Um, we had Chris Slobes in last week talking about yeah. that. You are looking to expand that. You need uh, a few good people. Yeah, we, and not even expand, Kev, we're right. trying to right. just fill. Get back to where you were. Yeah, in 2000, forget, I could be a few years off, but let's just say 2017, we added Bemidji Fire Station 4, and that's located up at Winter Sumac Drive, north of town. During that time, we expanded our full-time, or excuse me, our paid on-call staff from 40 uh uh, positions to 48. We haven't filled all 48 positions since that time. And currently today, as we speak, Bemidji Fire has eight vacancies. Um, in, in addition, we have a couple people that are unlimited or light duty due to personal, medical, or family reasons. And so essentially, we're 10 short. Um, and so we are looking for people who want to um, fill those boots in I think this is a great time to talk about what are the what are the requirements. And yeah. in the past, we were looking. You know, it's been said, if you're 18 years old and you have a pulse, we want you. I, <laughs> no, that's not what I want. I want people who are willing to step up and be a community leader, someone who wants to rise to the occasion and meet the standards that we have set forth uh, of our membership. Do you have what it takes? You know, I sound like an army or a military commercial, but. I don't want people just to fill boots. I want people that has a passion and a love for the community like I do, like my members do. And if that's you and you want to join me and, and the rest of my members in our fight to keep this area safe, come talk to me because I want you. So okay. we're looking to hire eight people. Okay. And, uh, and, and that is a – well, it is what it is, yeah. what it says, paid on call. Yeah, paid on call. It's not volunteer, fully volunteer, right? It's a, it's a, you're a city employee in, not a full-time employee, mm-hmm. uh, but you do re- re- uh, receive a stipend, you know, an hourly rate for your service. Um, we pay for your training. We give you um, top-of-the-line turnout gear, safety protection gear. Uh, you get to be part of a family, um, um, a group of individuals who are like-minded, who are go-getters, um, and we invite your family too to be part of our family and so yeah um and then you get a great retirement uh, i don't if you follow the news um in the city the, the paid on call firefighter relief pension was just increased to um ten thousand dollars a year um per year of service and so after a number of years you get vested in for every year you stay with us uh, and as a member in good standard uh the organization will give you ten thousand dollars per year towards a retirement wow that's yep. a pretty good deal i think so too <laughs> 
(laughs) And uh, one of the other things you uh, were able to get on the budget, but you have to wait a few years, is a new fire truck. Oh, yeah. Um, That's a huge step. And it's it's a very, again, abnormal thing for Bemidji Fire to order a fire truck just after it got one, right? Yeah. Um, but let, let's just say what it is. Cost of goods are up. Uh, build times are delayed. We could blame it on COVID. We could blame it on a lot of different things, but it is what it is. And so um, Bemidji Fire is scheduled to take delivery of a new fire truck in 2026. Now, one might say, why? You just got one. Well, according to our capital improvement plan and the way we rotate things out, we are scheduled to order a fire truck every six years. The one we got in 2023 was delayed a number of years uh, for a variety of reasons, and it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, but those reasons are, but we got to plan ahead. So now fire trucks are taking up to four years to build. Wow. And, uh, every day we delay is a, as a delay on the back end. And so the truck that we're supposed to get in 26 is now going to be delivered in 2027. Um, and we need to sign that contract to one, get it in the queue, but two, prevent rising costs. So okay. yeah, we were successful in getting that approved last night at city council meeting. So it's a, a, a check off the list and let's move on to something else. So, uh, what does a fire truck go for these days? <laughs> um, that's a great question. In one we have to talk about, it's just over north of a million dollars. Really? One million dollars. Wow. And I know some of you people listening out there just fell out of your chair. In mm-hmm. But whether we, no matter who we purchase it from, we can't control the costs of goods. And it's just what it is right now. And so, yeah, they've they've come up a considerable amount. Um, in the three years we've been here and, but yep, they're at a million dollars, but thankfully, uh, those individuals, chiefs and uh, rural fire members and city members had a great plan and we will have money to pay cash for that. Oh, so we've wow. done a really good job in our, our planning. So not to worry, but yeah, it's a considerable amount of money. Okay. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, they need to perform. They're very important. They're not yeah. just a car driving down the road. Right. Yeah. And you know, in addition to, you know, steel prices and, and materials to build these things, what we also have to all realize is that fire truck prices or fire engines, ladder trucks, tenders, they go up because the level of safety that's provided to our members also goes up. There wasn't that long ago that fire trucks didn't have airbags and roll protection, yeah. you know, rollover protection. Our fire trucks now have airbags and um, rollover protection that protects the members in the cab. And so with technology, we know yeah, prices go up, but... Nonetheless, whatever it takes to keep my members safe to respond to your emergency. Yeah. Uh, you just went to the Bemidji Fire, or the Bemidji, the Minnesota <laughs> Fire Chiefs Association yeah. Convention. Tell us about that. Yeah, so um, the Minnesota State Fire Chiefs Convention is held annually in the great city of Duluth. Um, and I don't have to even explain any more of that. Just a beautiful place. Yeah. Um, and I am fortunate enough to be, actually be on the executive board. And so I help to represent fire departments and firefighters from northern Minnesota uh, down at that convention. So, yep, I got to go down there a number of weeks ago, two weeks ago for four days um, and take in a ton of great training, but most importantly, get to network with fire chiefs across the state of Minnesota. Um, you know, there's a lot of large cities there, cities of the first class, you know, which to me, it's like seeing a celebrity in the fire service, you know, yeah. a fire chief from the Rochesters or the St. Clouds or even Duluth um, and St. Paul and to talk with those members and to know that what we're dealing with up here, you know, whether it's um, with staffing issues or budgetary issues or whatever, they're all seeing it the same thing too, just at varying degrees. Mm-hmm. Um, but seeing them as humans um, who put the same uniform on, if you will, as I do, and have the same struggles, it's very humbling. 
Yeah. And so what a great experience to network and make connections. Um, you know, in addition, it was great to see um, some people that I look up to from around the country. There was a gentleman named Mark Von Oppen who spoke about uh, all-in leadership and how you know, as leaders and as firefighters, we have to give our all because that's what we're here for is to provide everything we can to the members outside of our bay doors. So you in the listening community, um, he's a retired firefighter from Northern California and someone I followed a majority of my career and to finally get to meet him, uh, was an amazing accomplishment. So, Mm. um, conferences are good. Networking is great, but also opening your eyes to the, the latest trends and best practices, um, in the country because, Things change, and it's okay to change. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. Well, I, you know, I think uh, the whole world right now, uh, especially, you know, it doesn't seem to matter what the industry is or the uh, service sector is. Staffing is a huge issue. Uh, money's always mm-hmm. a huge issue. So innovative solutions is like the, the go term yeah. for everybody right now. Yeah. Um, innovative solutions are what I, you know, call in with, um, I think Mayor Prince of, uh, uh, agrees with me, is creative financing. You know, so how do we make that dollar go farther? Um, and we got some other stuff in the works. Uh, we, you know, we're, we're doing some discussion about how can, you know, Bemidji Fire add more staffing without increasing costs? And could that be by merging a couple of departments, right? So we know, like, for instance, the, the building department and rental department, and I know those guys are listening today, mm-hmm. um, they do a lot of the same type of work that Bemidji Fire does on the prevention side. And what if we combine forces, right? And um, we're kind of eliminating uh, duplication of effort, but also creating adding staffing at no cost. And so, yeah, creative financing. How can we grow our service, provide a better service without really increasing dollars? Um, and that's just one of the many ways. In in addition, you know, a lot of us are a lot of chiefs are. Um, seeking out alternative funding. And so mm-hmm. just in 2023, it's going to be on my highlights. One of the things we've done is we've sought um, almost $80,000 in alternative funding, which is crazy. Um, and next year is going to be more. So yeah, creative financing, figuring out how we can do better with less um, and not imp- impacting the community. So. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, when the fire chief's here, we should talk a little bit about safety. Um, uh, you mentioned, you know, that we're getting into heating season, so that's something people need to make sure is operating well because that can be a real problem. Right. Yeah. So um, as you've, you're seeing, temperatures are falling. We're getting some white stuff on the ground, and our heaters are turning on. And um, I can't stress enough to please have a, a professional come and service your heating unit and. Um, I know there's some upfront costs there that maybe a lot of us can't take on because we're worried about putting food on our table or getting our kids to school, you know, with gas money or putting clothes on their backs. I get that. But um, this investment is going to pay off dividends, not only for your safety, but long term because it helps extend that that appliance a lot longer. Um, What Bemidji Fire really looks at is and worries about is this time of year with heaters firing up, whether it's wood uh, uh, fueled furnaces or or, uh, gas, um, was maintenance done? and have these things been properly maintained because we want to prevent fires. Um, and mm-hmm. so I can't, I can't urge you enough. Call your service professional. Have them just come do a quick, quick tune-up of your, of your system. Um, and uh, that ensures that that thing runs for a long time, but also your family's safe. So, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, you know, you also, it's interesting still after all these years that uh, smoking and cooking continue to be the biggest causes of fires. Yep. Um, you know, I get up-to-date stats all the time from the marshal's office, and they, they reiterated it at the chief's conference. 
Um, cooking fires are the number one causes of fires in the state of Minnesota, but nationally. And um, why? You know, why? And, well, you know, easy math tells me that individuals who are overwhelmed and minds are in different places, in addition to using an appliance that produces flame, is going to equal a fire. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, what we got to do with that is just to try to worry about what's important right now in that moment and um, um, having a different kind of mindset. You know, I know we're all pulled in a million different directions, but when we're in the kitchen and we're use, working with an appliance, devote your attention to that and let's, let's do our part to try to reduce those, those uh, types of emergencies. Um, and then you mentioned, uh, excuse me, smoking. Smoking is a leading cause of death, uh, fire deaths in the state of Minnesota. And there's a huge push huge push to try to help reduce that, but we're not having a huge impact. Um, and so the, what we're doing right now is trying to get the word out, trying to get some education out. And please, um, when you smoke, discard your stuff in a non-combustible material uh, container. Don't smoke in bed. Don't smoke after you've um, uh, used a, a mind-altering uh, drug or substance, if you will. Yeah. Just be responsible in uh, let's do our part to try to reduce that and keep our family safe. For both of these fires, Kev, the the easiest thing one of them or the, one of the easiest things we can do is to ensure that our houses are protected uh, with smoke detectors. We just had the the, the time change, and yes. um, that's a great reminder for us to check our check our our batteries, check our detectors, and check our carbon monoxide detectors. Change those things out. Um, ensure that that they're working properly. If you are unable to um, provide those tools to your family for financial reasons or or others that are none of my business, call me at the fire station. Call our members at the Mimiji Fire Station. We still have this Red Cross grant called Sound. Uh, we're working through a program called Sound the Alarm. We will come to your house and install as many detectors and carbon monoxide detectors as it takes to ensure that your family is safe at zero cost. And, you know, in addition to that, you're getting some benefits too. Um, you get our time. You get one-on-one -on -one time and training and education. And in addition, um, we get to walk through your home and get familiar with the layout of your house um, and maybe point out some other safety things. And so, yeah, uh, smoke detectors, smoke detectors, smoke detectors. And even uh, in modern houses where most of them are now wired, mm -hmm. there's still battery backup, and that's important to have those backups ready. That's correct. Um, we can't, we can never predict when the power's going to go out. And so, yeah, we even though they're um, wired in, they're hardwired in, they still draw on that battery. And so those batteries must be changed every six months. And detectors must be changed out every 10 years, regardless of how they're powered. And so um, do your family a, uh, a favor tonight. Check, take the detector off the wall, look in the back and see when it's made. And if it's approaching that 10-year mark, let's start planning on getting those replaced. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, did, I just did that last year, as a matter of fact. Uh, mm -hmm. So, and, uh, yeah, and some of them, I mean, now some of the modern uh, wired ones actually have a battery that's set to last for like seven to ten years so that's yeah. that's worth investing in if you can too it is yeah a lot of our detectors the one that we install for free has the the 10-year lithium-ion battery and so they're designed to not have to be replaced but we still have to check them and test them because yep. these things are man-made human-made and sometimes we have faults right and so yep. we have to still check them all right mm -hmm. anything else before we wrap it up today uh I know I'm not sure if, you know, if you and I will get to chat again before the end of the year. Mm -hmm. And so um, I always want to let everyone know that um, your safety in, is my priority and it's my people's priority. And 
um, while being a fire chief in the city of Bemidji is unlike anything I could have ever imagined. It also brings a lot of pride and joy to, to my, um, my heart and, uh, what a privilege it is to serve this community, this growing community in, wow, has it, have things changed? And so, um, I would just like to reiterate what a privilege it is to be your fire chief and thank you to everyone listening for the support of me, my family and my department. And so, and have a great holiday weekend or excuse me, holiday (laughs) season. Yes, we're just getting rolling. If uh, I don't see you again. So All right. thanks, Kev. He's Justin Sherwood. I'm Kev Jackson. Thank you so much, Justin. Pleasure. Chatabout has been sponsored by Higgins Heating, Air Conditioning, and Refrigeration, the Bemidji Chrysler Center, Honda of Bemidji, and Beltrami Electric Cooperative. Tomorrow on Chatabout, we find out what's going on at the latest joint planning board meeting with Jamin Carlson. I'm Kev Jackson. Thanks for being here today.